Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bunch of quiz of course on WrestleCulture as I said though joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to AEW Rampage and before we do that back by popular demand it's time for the AEW Rampage rap give me a beat Michael Sidgwick I can't, I can't do that <laughs> back once again for another preview for Rampage and the buy-in too Minoru said to Brian take on me and for Santana Garrett it's take on T." Fish and Moriarty, hey, he'll go far. No fuego, though. He hasn't got a car. <laughs> Solo the bunny, the fun doesn't stop. And Punk and Seidel, huge pap. Can the inner circle beat the lads from MMA? And who wins the ratings war on Friday? Tony versus Vince. Pick a side. Who got the guts? And <laughs> at least we can all appreciate... These nuts. <laughs> you got us. You got us with a car. One of these days, we should maybe, like, drop one of the YouTube clips to these various arcane jokes. <laughs> yes. It wasn't might be even my car. It was a rental car. I literally, back a little interesting uh, sneak behind the, peek behind the scenes here at What Culture, I left work around the same time as Michael Sidgwick yesterday, but he was still putting his stuff all together. And I was parked pretty much right outside the What Culture offices, and I got in my car... And I sat there and I waited for Michael Sidgwick to walk out so I could lean out my window and shout, this isn't even my car, it's a rental car. <laughs> Huge pap. Huge pap. Um, what were we talking about? Rampage. Oh, yeah, Rampage, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, what a show we've got to look forward to tonight. Not just AEW Rampage, but we'll start, of course, by talking about the buy-in. It's going to be on YouTube beforehand as a sort of lead-in, you know, Talk more about the AW versus WWE bollocks to come uh, in a little while because instead we need to talk about yet another Brian Danielson dream match. Your reaction when you saw this news the other day? Uh, justice. <laughs> justice for this absolute dick move by WWE to do Super Smash, Super Smash, Super Size Smackdown. <laughs> God damn it. I saw you twat. You know exactly what you're doing. And the worst thing is you're good at it. Like, you're so much... If you could just be this adept at creative instead of being a dick... Petty. Petty. Then you'd actually have a good wrestling product worth watching. So I thought, all right, of course, of course. Because FS1 doesn't have anything else as good as SmackDown or anything else that's going to pop a rating. So why not just abuse um, this lesser station that they've been preempted to to try and take a chunk out of uh, Rampage's viewership? It's like... Fiendishly clever. And the worst thing is, if it works, they might just say, oh, let's do an overrun on FS1 every week. Even if you get no number, that's, like, 
comparable to what we did on SmackDown for the two hours, at the very least, you're, you're siphoning some viewers away from uh, Rampage, which is just such a dick move. They literally destroyed their third brand to, to try and hobble AEW before, so this would be a drop in the ocean for them. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So it just really pissed me off. Then I thought, you know what? This is the best response possible because people who don't know the meaning of the word hotshotting, they don't want to know the real meaning of it. It means whatever it thinks they means for their own narratives. Mm. I understand this at this point because this isn't hotshotting. If it were, if they did hotshot something like Punk versus Omega, on you, I'd, I would be honestly like, come on, lads, play the long game. This isn't hotshotting because you're not hotshotting a main event. What they've done is they've picked the perfect match for the spot, for the platform, for whatever. The greatest one in the world, Minoru Suzuki versus Brian Danielson, despite being an absolutely incredible prospect that certain fans, like myself, are going mad at the prospect for. Mm-hmm. It's not an AEW main event. It's possibly, it might be a Dynamite main event. Like, Mo- like Moxley versus Suzuki was pitched as the Dynamite main event because it was hometown guy. It was Suzuki's first match in AEW. And they've got history, so they've got like a storyline explanation for it happening. I think Danielson versus Suzuki is more like a dynamite opener. It's certainly not a pay per view main event. It's certainly not hot shotting it. They don't, they're not bringing forward a direction at the expense of a long term plan just to get a short term rating. It's a dream match of which there are several at AEW's disposal put there because they want this match to be great. They want the talk of social media to be this match, not what's going on on SmackDown, with the idea being that, oh, Christ, I have to watch this, and while I'm here, CM Punk. So that's why it's happening, and I'm delighted that it is. It's the perfect response. They're not hot-shotting a goddamn thing. It's going to be very interesting to see how they come out of this, because obviously Brian's also fighting on Dynamite tomorrow night. We're going to be previewing that tomorrow on the AEW Dynamite preview coming out around lunchtime here in the UK. And uh, yeah, these two are going to beat the crap out of each other in the meantime. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Thing is, like, because of why it's on the show, my expectations have been raised higher than they would be had this just been announced for a Dynamite in the next two or three weeks. I think the reason why this is on the show is, one, what can we do that's a great match that will get a lot of people talking that isn't a pay-per-view main event so we're not really cutting our noses off to spite our face? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they thought, oh, Danielson versus Suzuki, that'll rule. I'm thinking they've put it on this rampage, buy-in, that lasts an hour, has limited no commercial interruption, the other two matches, which we'll get into, I suspect they'll go way shorter. I think this is going to be incredible, and it's been put on for the express purpose of making it as incredible as possible. This isn't about YouTube viewership. This is about getting people talking, and the only way people are going to really talk about this match is if it's incredible. I expect this to go 18 to 20 minutes. I know Suzuki's not the youngest, but he can still go that distance. I think it's going to be 18 to 20 minutes, and Tony Khan is just going to go do it. R.I.P. Danielson's chest. Yeah, he's gonna, he emerges victorious. He's, yeah, he's going to yeah. emerge victorious. And I honestly think that this is going to be better than this match would be on Dynamite, with the idea being go as long as you like, make it as great as you possibly can, hold not a goddamn thing back. The idea is we want as much 
chat about how great this match is, how great AEW is by proxy for promoting it, with the idea being that people will want to watch more AEW after the fact. If they weren't watching AEW, they'll go on Twitter, they'll read about it. And I know Twitter's not that big, like... All the buzz I remember platform. around that Saturday Night Dynamite on the, the eve of a takeover, you thought, oh, maybe AEW's going to get lost in the conversation here. And then, obviously... Brody Lee did what he did, and yeah. that's all people could talk about. So I sense that's maybe what they're going for again here, quite rightly. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, like you know what to expect from this match? You're going to get two incredibly stiff strikers kicking the piss out of each <laughs> other, and neither are going to sell it, and it's going to rule, because the idea is, in that particular genre of match, with the rhythm of the, the way those matches are worked, you want to defy your opponent. You want to... Oh God, Edge has ruined this. Get in their heads. You can hit me with your best shot, and I'm going to literally ask for more. And the idea is that one of the wrestlers involved is going to start to think, oh, Christ, well, how am I going to beat this guy? <laughs> and that's legitimately a strategy. It doubles his audience participation, where everyone just bang into every volleying chant. Just... I want Daniel Dan, uh, Brian Danielson to get kicked in the back. Like a little reversal of what happened with Nick Jackson because uh, Minoru Suzuki is mint at those kicks to the back. And I want Brian Danielson to lean backwards <laughs> into his kicks. Suzuki to look like I've never seen this before. And then just kick him again and Danielson to do the whole cup that he does awesomely. The weird sort of laughing at each other's moves thing that Suzuki's yeah, so Suzuki great at. maniacal laughter at the idea that someone would dare defy him and then he's just going to do the rapid fire throw chops. My only concern is that, one, the expectation level is so big that they're always very hard. No matter how great the workers are, if the expectation level is this big, you don't know if they can absolutely reach it. And Suzuki's AEW run has not been that great. And I'm a big Suzuki guy, love him. One of the reasons why I got into New Japan Pro Wrestling and altered the course of my wrestling fandom. He's looked better on the indies mm, than he has in fair. AEW so far. But I think with it not being the trappings of TV, the end of a long taping, or like the timing issues that plagued the the Cincinnati Dynamite, this is going to be... It can't not be great. Mm, no, exactly. I can't wait for this. We'll stop carping on about that one, though, because, uh, uh, oh, my God, we've got Bobby Fish to talk about. He's taking on Lee Moriarty also on the bind. Do you think these two are going to shine or maybe flounder a little bit, Michael Sidgwick? Just die. <laughs> this has to go on before yeah. Danielson Suzuki because they're going to work a match that isn't too dissimilar to it, and it's not going to be as good. Like They should start... Because what the, this has to the buy-in has to act as a lead into rampage. You want all of Twitter going absolutely hog wild in their enthusiasm over Suzuki Danielson. So it's like by the time people are talking about it, oh, look at that finish, it's great. The height of the excitement, rampages on next. So this has to open the show, and it has to be really good, really technical. Unless it's an incredible match. This style isn't necessarily my favorite. Mm -hmm. I expect this to be more methodical and intricate. I think I think the Danielson Suzuki match is gonna have way more personality. Like Suzuki's face, so incredibly expressive. Danielson's just a better all rounder and knows how to generate proper drama. So I expect this to be a nice ten minute match that 
they've played the hand and who's going to win both by putting the presumed winners on Dynamite, which mm-hmm. we discussed on the preview, where it, which you can still listen to, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. And it's still in date because yeah. of the weird schedule. Yeah, 10 minutes of good technical wrestling that probably isn't going to set me alight, if I'm being perfectly honest. No, I think but it's, it's good to see Moriarty get this kind of platform. And uh, what a way to immediately utilize someone like Bobby Fish. Title match previously, then he's got yeah, working with someone like Lee Moriarty, like you say, and then Danielson tomorrow night. They don't mess about, do they, when they sign yeah. someone? Um, finally, it's Santana Garrett versus Tay Conti. I won't even do any aha bollocks here, okay, because I know that's Phil's gimmick. Um, but yeah, uh, Tay Conti. I've not been a fan of the Tay J versus Ford and Bunny stuff, so I'm just really glad that they're moving on from that. Yeah, absolutely. This should be an easy win for Ty Conti. I can't remember. I was trying to think ahead of this preview. Was I ever impressed by Santana Garrett in NXT? Uh, Maury told me she was in the Rumble this year. I forgot about that. Jesus Christ. I, I genuinely can't remember a thing about her work. And I know it's been a while. And life really hits you very fast <laughs> in this year of all or 2021. I can't remember a goddamn thing about it. I expect this to be a routine, quick victory for Conti because she needs heating up ahead of the TBS title tournament mm. that she's been um, hinted to go into. Look, if nothing else, like Santana Garrett's had a decent amount of ring time mm. in the past however many years compared to a circuit that, again, has been barely exists because of institutional misogyny in the pro wrestling industry for about 100 years. <laughs> it should be Aries. We are over... Th- Actually, hang the... F- on. What? Hang on. The one time that NXT beat a single demo in 18-49 against AEW before the December 18th episode where it felt like there was a paradigm shift and it wasn't because NXT sucks. <laughs> I'm convinced that it was... Tynora Conti versus Santana Garrett on NXT TV and people because Ty Conti's genuine got star potential thought, you know what, I'm going to watch this instead. Mm. And it was worked in total slow motion and it got gift as a disaster everywhere. I remember that, yes. Is this match being booked so they can do Ty Conti going full judo throw rapid fire to make it seem better in comparison? I hope so. I'm going to tweet that. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that's the case because... Yeah, it, it's a surreal match to 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 book if you've got that in your head. But then also, that's just another example of AEW superseding the way they book WWE's cast-offs. Uh, that might be a little nod and wink. Ah. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Well, we've been talking for nearly 15 minutes now, uh, and we haven't actually got to previewing AW Rampage. We should probably get to that now. Um, let's start with uh, CM Punk versus Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel sort of trying to prove himself to Dante Martin and Leo Rush, of course, and no doubt having yet another excellent match with CM Punk, who's, uh, who's not really put a foot wrong since he's returned to the ring. He hasn't. Um... This should hopefully arrest a kind of narrative that has plagued CM Punk in sort of some circles. Like, I don't know at which point people need to stop and spell the roses of the AEW character arcs and storylines because I think a lot of people, not too many actually, but enough that it gets talked about on in online wrestling circles are getting impatient with the CM Punk push. They are starting to think these promos are getting a bit repetitive. Like, it's, if he does this kind of stuff now, it's going to mean way more when he really gets into that main event picture. Like, and the thing is, it's like, well, what they've done is, they've had Danielson be the guy for now, and then when Punk goes up, Danielson will come down and start to work with the mid-card acts. Like, they know what they're doing. In the words of, I can't remember who it was, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And the thing about Punk's work thus far is that he had this match with Darby Allen where clearly it was his first match back. They told a really nice little story indebted to Bret Hart versus one, two, three, kid. And it wasn't this by design blow away classic match. Neither was Punk versus Hobbs, whom he gave a lot to in terms of um, the ratio of offense, if you like. Punk versus Garcia was severely, severely underrated technical artistry in selling and pacing. And it wasn't necessarily a blow away make you pop your tits off match, but it was something to make you purr an appreciation of. Against Seidel, what I'm getting at is that CM Punk can have something that's a very overt, undeniable banger that gets the blood racing, the heart pounding, that people can't say. Like, it's not... It will be a match for the nerds because Seidel's a very competent chain mat wrestler as well, but I expect there'll be enough fireworks in this one that people can say that, right, undeniable banger from CM Punk... And wouldn't you just know it, this is perfectly aligned with when people want to see it. That's when he's going to deliver it because he knows what he's doing over the long term. I will be disappointed if this doesn't bang. I think it's got everything going for it. And I think it's time to set off a few fireworks. You do know what's going to be the response online by the, uh, as you would say, fed-pilled mutants, the Vincels, if this does bang. And I have no doubt they will because these two are fantastically talented. (sighs) They used to be in WWE. And it was for that reason why it banged. 
Mm-hmm. That's the reason. Mm. Yeah. Calling back to their match, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. Yeah. That's what they've done, not just leveled up in the interim. But anyway, uh, let's talk Ruby Soho versus... Please wear the trunks. I got briefly... Oh God, yeah. I got briefly um, siren-songed by the Long Boys last week because I really loved the Garcia match, but it just looks so much more like a goddamn star in trunks. Wear trunks. Yeah, please wear trunks. Um, let's talk Ruby Soho versus the Bunny. Like you're saying, potentially another match setting up a contender for this TBS Championship tournament. I mean, that's exactly what it functions to do. It's a predictable outcome. Um, the Bunny... Because she doesn't work that many long matches and she exists usually to get beaten in the end, it's hard to get, like, electrified by her act, which, in contrast to someone, just to be careful not to appear like a hypocrite, Sidal loses all the time, but he gets to work bangers, and he's, let's be realistic, a far better wrestler than the Bunny. The Bunny, I think, is underrated. The Bunny, I think, has worked matches, particularly earlier this year, that were better than what she's been doing in front of a live crowd, because I think... When that many people don't react, it just sort of exposes the fact that people aren't that interested. She looks at the camera far too bloody often. She's <laughs> got like a routine and yeah. act at this point that because, as you said, she's on the show all of the time because the show, you need people who you can beat a lot in competent to better matches. And the Bunny is one of the best they've got in that division at present for that reason because they don't want to put Deeb in there and beat her or Sheeta in there and beat her. Like they've got ideas for them where they they need more wrestlers they can beat and work good matches at the same time and keep some of their heat because they're still so good that people want to watch them a la Seidel. They've abused what the bunny's good at and it's a bit shocking actually. It's a bit shan. Unfair. Yeah. Shan is a Geordie word. That means unfair. I like, so it's going to win and it's going to be broadly good. I think there's going to be more brass nooks stuff in this because that's what we've seen a lot from in terms of the Bunny and Penelope Ford. And maybe that sets up another match for Soho, potentially against Penelope Ford, which I think would be really good as well. As much as I poo-pooed the TJ never-ending bollocks that happen there, anything that gets more Ruby Soho matches on my TV is all right by me. But, yeah, I wouldn't have the Bunny beater, obviously. I'd have the Bunny go for some uh, brass nook shot, maybe Ruby Soho ducks, she clonks Penelope forward instead, turns around into whatever the riot kick's called nowadays. One, two, three. Like you say, just building that WWE momentum, momentum. ahead of the TBS Championship Tournament because Soho's one of, the, one of the strongest contenders for that. Yeah, it's one of those where you'll watch it and you'll think, oh, this is quite good. Or, you know, eh, it's all right. And then when the time comes to actually do the tournament, you're watching someone who's been built as a star. And this is all stuff to enhance something that follows later. Uh, Dry, but, you know, it'll be worth it. Quick update on the tightest tits in the game. How's your uh, how's your workouts going? I've forgotten to do them. Yeah, I'll I be forget honest, to I do everything, well. man. Honestly. Right. Uh, as we're doing that, we'll talk uh, about the person behind that, Ethan Page, uh, his tag team partner, Scorpio Sky, the Men of the Year. They team with former UFC heavyweight champion Junior Dos Santos. Goodness me, to take on the inner circle, that being Chris Jericho, Jake Hager. And Sammy Guevara, but let's not forget the uh, added wrinkle to this whole thing of the members of American top team, specifically Dan Lambert and the eccentric, let's say, Jorge Masvidal, who'll be ringside for this one. Can the Inner Circle defeat them? Is this sort of one of the things you see leading up to full gear? I know we got the card supposedly spoiled recently, but even if we hadn't seen that, you sense that there's going to be something involving Jericho and something 
from American top team at that pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely. I expect... Look, if you've got a UFC guy in this match, and it's like, it's, it's, it's pro wrestling debut, is it? JDS, probably, yeah, I would almost guarantee it. He's yeah. not going to lose. No. Like, he's absolutely not going to lose. He could potentially take the pinfall, but I don't see them losing here. I expect more chicanery interference. The inner circle will go over them in the end. But I'm quite excited for this. It's going to be hot. My only concern generally about these Miami shows is that they weren't the hottest. I remember thinking, we're away from Daly's place at last. The first place I went to, the very first place was up the road in Miami. It was like, oh, they went mad for Malachi Black, but it was, it was subdued upon so I'm thinking, oh, wait, you haven't seen wrestling in Christ knows how long? Mm. So maybe this won't be as hot as it has been in the build on TV. But, you know, I mean, it should be. Do you think it's going to be a bit of a way? Miami loves Jake Hager. Well, just the thing is, I was going to say, do you think it's going to be a weird dynamic? You've got Judas, you've got Jake Hager, but also you've got Miami, Florida's very own, Jorge Masvidal, who's sort of going for the other team. So, you know what? This might be wild and chaotic and really fun. Like, I expect this match to be really fun. Um, they're going to obviously build towards JD, JDS? JDS, yeah. JDS. Him doing his thing. I think it was you who pointed out, please pair him with Hager. Yes. Please pair him with Hager. Like, Sammy Guevara can do some kind of mad thing onto him by the end. <laughs> yeah. But it has to be built towards he has to sell, he has to sell, he has to sell. Um like have Guevara and Scorpio Sky start the match. Guevara gets the best of Scorpio Sky, tags in the bigger lad, Ethan Page. Yeah, there's loads to work with here. There's tons to work with. I expect the top team, the men of the year to go over. But I expect given that he's your TNT champion, Sammy Guevara is going to do a lot of the workload. He's going to sell, he's going to come back, he's going to do Enough to make it look like he's been absolutely kicked in. Um, who takes the fall? Hager? Possibly. I mean, uh, you know, in real life, I'm a fan of his, but Jake Hager is not on, or certainly wasn't when they were both at their peak on JDS's level. But in the eyes of fans, he's an MMA guy. He's an MMA guy. He's They're big, big guys. Yeah. Pile out of there. Like you say, some mad flippy bollocks, perhaps from Sammy Guevara. But you just know, regardless of the action that we can book in this match, and I think you're right, you know, starting someone out with Scorpio Sky, bringing Ethan Page in, I'd probably have Ethan Page be the one who scores the pin in all this because he can just be even more unbearable in promos off the back of it. I don't know who he pins. Maybe he pins Jericho. Maybe he pins Jericho again and you have another interaction. I just know that the finish of this, and it's shenanigans, and it's double standards, because but it's, it's shenanigans that they've earned, I think. You just know Jorge Masvidal's... You're not going to do it in Miami, Florida and not have Jorge Masvidal involved in the finish. Yes, absolutely. He would probably swing it in top team's favour. The Arant knee again. Yeah, the, the running knee. The, it's a signature thing from the Ben Askren fight, of course. That could be counted one day into a cold breaker. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and because I, I think... Well, what do you think? I think you, you actually have maybe inceptioned this into my head, but I expect possibly maybe in a tag match to just hide it just in case, but I expect that we are eventually going to get Masvidal versus Jericho, quite possibly, or some permutation involving that. Yeah, I just thought that if he's still there and he's the one who's got the highlighted spot and they're putting JDS in the TV match to build, I think they see Masvidal versus Jericho as the promo battle leading up to a 10-man tag or a singles match or both, but he seems to be the... He seems to be the MMA guy in top team that they have most faith in mm -hmm. doing a pro wrestling match because he's the guy, JDS is the guy that isn't, isn't tired. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, one final thing we have to talk about here, and it's the head-to-head bollocks. Do you think Rampage can beat SmackDown? I mean, Tony Khan was very confident on Twitter last week, has sort of walked it back. How do you see this all playing out? And should we really care that much? Well, I care because if it's a total slaughter in WWE's favour, yes, and FS1, and like Fox at present will not want AEW to do well. It's a they're on a competing station. It's a competing property. They're probably looking at USA's numbers now. Dynamite beat it the other week, and probably thinking, yes, we will support our property in its endeavour. It's only FS1. I care because I just want AEW to still exist. <laughs> I don't think one slaughter on one Friday is going to change anything, particularly um, Wednesday is still where the money is. But I care. I don't, I, don't, I don't want the dickhead petty bullies to win. Especially when the product sucks. Especially when the product is sold on total hollow carny promises of big matches. It's like, you don't got to finish, but it's a big match. It's like, how are these idiots who watch this program? How, do you, like, how can you invest in it? And I, for one, do not need... Anymore, because I think you alluded to this on the SmackDown preview, which you can listen to right now, that if they are successful in hobbling their competition, expect overruns, if not bloody SmackDown, be extended to three hours. Yeah, no which one is, wants I, that. No one wants to see that. Even, even the worst of the worst fed-pilled mutants, they use SmackDown and they overrate SmackDown because they know they're measuring against the raw curve to make their show look better than Dynamite. Scam, but you know what I mean. So even they don't want a three-hour roll. Like the, the the worst people who will violently abuse professional wrestlers and professional media because they love the Fed so much will willingly admit that raw is terrible because it, it undeniably is to make SmackDown look better. Like that's where we are at with Monday Night Raw and a three-hour SmackDown. I don't think it's much better if I'm being honest, but it's got room and, and it's not as long. That's the thing yeah, they have yeah. going for it. Um, so yeah I expect overall viewership the 60 year olds who grew up watching Pedro Morales and still love this show uh, I'd, I'd love to interview one of them I'd love to talk to one of them he'd probably tell me get my property <laughs> get my property son that's why I say I wouldn't you wouldn't let me interview him but I'd love to pick his brain yeah what were you riding on a microchip in there? What are you calling? You are riding on a horse? No, actually, uh, I arrived in a, in a car. But here's the twist: it's not even my car. <laughs> it's a rental car. <laughs> in summary, Rampage won't be SmackDown. The best we can hope for is is not to be a margin for error draw in the demo is I think the best chance they've got of recovering from embarrassment viewership landslide and the worst thing about viewership landslides even though the fact that the TV companies don't really care that much about them is that it just gives these idiots more ammunition touch grass Mm. touch go outside get some bitches and touch grass I am probably going to stay off social media for the weekend because it's going to be meme city, isn't it? Me too, because I don't want to get SmackDown spoiled when I'm going to get AEW Watch first. <laughs> I'm going to fire on with a tweet straight away, bitch. Um, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage and the buying and the dream match and all that sort of thing. And your thoughts, of course, on the wrap 
on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow both of you. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And before we leave, we should say a massive uh, happy 38th birthday to regular contributor Frazier Cranium. Uh, he tweeted us earlier on today, Sidge, saying, Happy Minoru Suzuki versus Brian Danielson Day. I'm on my couch with my morning coffee. It's my 38th birthday, but CM Punk's 42, and he's cool, so surely it's okay. Uh, Fraser, thank you always for all your support. Have a fantastic birthday, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll get through all of this together. We're all old now. We're all in our 30s. We're all in our 30s, so it's, it'll be fine. It's fine. Well, apart from Hamlet, who actually could be the six-year-old that Sidge could interview next week to th- give his thoughts on. WWE. Uh, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. You can listen to the SmackDown preview right now and WrestleCulture with a hashtag bloody good quiz is coming your way later on today. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. <laughs>